Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. I am Charlie Labasco. And I'm Eva Lewandowski. Hi. Um, the mission of Corporate Talk is to leave no stone unturned to make a difference in the workplace, even as one person. And we are leaving no stone unturned. We are leaving no stone unturned. You know, our companies need us now more than ever. So we have to do whatever it takes to show them we can lead alongside them, right? Yeah, and, and it's not always that easy, right? I mean, we have a lot of experience in corporate. We're still in corporate, and um, it can be tough. I mean, sometimes even just getting on the air cannot be that easy. Right, right? and uh, we uh, we love our producer who seems to have all the magic. He does. Um, I want to mention first that we have an interesting guest next week, Kim Baker, who is, believe it or not, a horse whisperer. She's an animal, animal whisperer. Mm-hmm. And we're going to... Learn a little bit about how to communicate like that, which is exciting, right? Well, and and so sometimes I think people think, well, what does that have to do with corporate? Well, all of this is around personal development, and it's even around, you know, if you can talk to animals, just think what you can do at work. I talk to animals. Oh, you mean? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right. So this uh, this week we have a really cool guest yes. um, that we're going to bring on momentarily. Um and we'll get into that in a second, okay? Okay. I wanted to talk first to you, my dear E. So what is the uh, topic that you're spinning on lately? Well, you know, we were talking about that this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And the topic of the week is change. And I know we talk about change a lot, but I want to talk about specifically about, because this is what we talked about this weekend, right? I wanted to talk specifically about when you're trying to make a big change, and how you go about doing that, who you end up telling about who you're making that change. Right. That's that's what we were talking about. So um, yeah. I have a really cool idea, and I'm a little concerned about how to move it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sharing it with um, Butch, the guy on the guy who <laughs> um, works down the street. Right. So what should I be concerned about? Well, one of the problems is, is that we tend, when we're making a big change that we're uncertain about, like let's say when I, a number of years ago, decided to leave corporate and go on my own and become a consultant, right? And nobody else around me was doing that. And one of the things we tend to do is we tend to seek out the person that would be the one that would basically tell us don't do it, you know, because there's a part of us that may be too afraid to do it. So we go to that person, be it a parent, a sibling, a coworker, and we'll tell them our little incubated idea that we haven't really thought out, and they'll say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody say. Right, and what should I do when that happens? Well, well, first of all, what you first want to do is take a breath 
and don't go sharing. <laughs> that was good, but you can let it out now. Um, don't go sharing your ideas with just anybody, especially when it's incubating, when it's just in that little new idea phase where it's just that little baby dream that you're working on. You don't want to go sharing it with just anybody. You want to share it with somebody that, as um, one of my teachers, Sonia Choquette, used to say, you want to share it only with people that have believing eyes. Someone that will give you constructive help with how to move that forward. Or maybe they will tell you it's not the best idea, but they'll also tell you why it's not a great idea in terms of, but here's maybe how you want to look at it. You just want to make sure you really talk to somebody that has your best interest. Because what can happen is, People will reflect their fear back to you. Does that make sense? Right. So, so whatever they're afraid of. So if you're saying you want to leave corporate and maybe they thought about it, every fear around leaving corporate will come up for that person and they will reflect that back to you. Excellent. Does that make sense? Yes. And so we would love for listeners to call and we can discuss this further. We can table this for another show mm-hmm. because I think it's important. Well, it's a real, it's a really important. And so I just want to tell everyone out there that's listening that if you have a dream, if there's a big change that you're looking at, just make sure while you're still in that phase where you're uncertain is how to move forward with it to find someone that will actually help you with that dream to flesh it out before you go sharing it with the world because you can easily squelch that dream. So be it a career counselor, be it a coach, be it a trusted friend, but make sure that friend is trusted in someone that will actually help you move forward. Hmm. And just to spin on that further, it could be yeah. um, a project at work and you share it with maybe a supervisor or a coworker and the same thing happens. No, do it this way. Yeah. You really want to make sure that you're, you're, you want to make sure that you have all the details all lined up before you share it with people that can try to squelch it. Right. Because then you will not be making a difference even as one person. They kind of will for Right, you. they will be making the difference. Right. And and just to give you that example, going back to my original example, when I originally left corporate, corporate the first time, is that when I finally told my father, who was, you know, very old school, um, what I was doing, and he had a million questions, and I answered every single one of those questions, he said, well, all right then, <laughs> you know, basically, <laughs> that sounds great. Good for you, right? I, I answered every single one of his questions and his objections because I already had it all lined up. Mm. I already knew what I was going to do. You already left no stone unturned. I left no stone unturned, and he was kind of impressed, which wasn't that easy to do. Um, well, no, you. Um, a lot of people are easily impressed by you. So. Well, thank you. Okay, no, excellent. And, you know, before you go forward, I also wanted to just add, because we didn't give the number, um, we will be introducing Lisa Jander in a moment because we're going to be talking about teen dating mechanics today. And I think this is a really interesting topic because it's I think it's not just for teens, but I'm going to be talking to Lisa about this. I think it's just for anybody that's dating. I think you need these skills. Oh, okay. And the sooner you get them, the better off everyone will be. And I want to add, right, that um, tying it into the workplace, I can tell you one one time in particular uh, as a parent Mm. um, where my teen at the time was not home at the requested hour. (laughs) <laughs> and a couple of hours later, I got a call from her friend that said, uh, she actually fell asleep. So we're just going to, she's just going to stay with us for tonight. 
And, you know, being the parent that I am, I said, is she breathing? <laughs> and then put her on the phone, right? <laughs> so um, this is important. And that impacted my day. It impacted my next day at work and the day after at work. Well, yeah. I mean, getting this under control is so helpful to yes. parents because anything that is happening at home impacts us at work, whether yes. you think it does or not. So I just wanted to share the number with everyone. If you have a question around teen dating, um, it's 888-463-6748. That's 888-463-6748. Excellent. So let's introduce our guest, Lisa Janda, teen dating mechanic. Lisa, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Eva. How are you? Hi, Hi Lisa. Lisa. So um, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and thank you for being so patient. <laughs> um, uh, and we met a few months back, I think, in New York City, which we love to meet every one of our guests. Mm -hmm. So, Lisa, um, before we start, maybe you can share some of your website and contact information for our guests as a start so they can follow along. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I have two websites. One is geared more as a blog for general dating, so anyone who is dating, and it's called datersed.com, D-A-T-E-R-S-E-D.com. And then for teens and parents, I have an online curriculum, and it's called teendatinglicense.com. And the phone number, if anybody wants to reach me and ask me questions, I'm happy to even do a half an hour free consultation if anybody uh, has questions specifically regarding relationships. And that number is 951-285-5566. That is excellent information. And just to know that there's a coach out there willing to help on these you know, with these issues. Yeah, um, it's great. It is. And, so, uh, you know, I actually wanted, I have a question to start. Okay. So, Lisa, I think this whole topic is extremely interesting, and I'm wondering if you can share with our listeners how you got into it. Like, what made you decide to start helping people with dating? Yeah, that's such a great question. Well, a couple of things. Uh, really, when I first wrote my book was when my son was 15 years old, and he was taking driver's ed, and I'm sure thousands of parents can appreciate this moment. When you're sitting in the passenger seat, you're no longer in the driver's seat. Your kid is, you know, at the wheel of your car. And my son was learning to parallel park at the moment, and he said, Mom, I can't wait to get my driver's license so I can date. I said, whoa, 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 that's not what a driver's license is for. And he said, Mom, everybody knows once you get your driver's license, you can date. So I said to him, well, where's the manual? Where's the curriculum? Where's the training? Where's the parental, per, you know, permission and supervision? And as funny as it was at the time, it, it really is not that funny. We're in a teen dating crisis right now. In fact, we're in a dating crisis across the board. It doesn't matter that, uh, what age um, the person is. Dating mm -hmm. is a real serious problem right now with social media. Yes. And and when you say that, so what do you see as some of the biggest problems with dating right now as opposed to, you know, before social media? Well, the, there's four, I call the four detours that take people off course. So sex and pregnancy, obviously. Uh, dating under the influence, which is dating with drugs, drug and alcohol abuse. 
uh, teen dating violence and abuse, which becomes domestic violence and abuse, and then depression, anxiety, stress, and even suicide related um, to relationships. I mean, we just had a recent incident in California, in Santa Barbara, we all know about, and that was because of a relationship. It's becoming more and more common and more and more scary. And why do you think social media actually exasperates that problem? Well, just kind of the premise of what I do, uh, because I modeled my book after the driver's ed manual, so I talk mm-hmm. about the analogy between driving and cars, so I'll use that. In this instance, um, you know, why is it easier to get a driver's license than it, or it's so much harder to get a driver's license than it is to get a marriage license? You know, we put all this energy into this curriculum. Well, what has happened with social media before this generation, we all learned by through our parents and by watching other people in the community, and it takes a village to raise a child. Well, now everyone, including adults, uh, divorced, widowed, teens, it doesn't matter, anybody in the dating world is really getting a very covert dating education through social media. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Okay. If if you're on your cell phone and if a, a teenager or a 35-year-old, it doesn't matter, you're on your cell phone and you're constantly getting bombarded with these visual images or text messages that are saying, you know, you're you're mean, you're a jerk. It's, it's this cyberbullying and really impacting the, the esteem of a person and really changing the way they think about themselves and about relationships. And now it's translating into the corporate world, into entrepreneurship. Kids that grow up not feeling good about themselves during the high school years, let's say, don't feel confident to go into an interview and look somebody in the eye and say, I'm the right person for the job because they've been told at school they're fat or they're too short or they're dumb and they they lose the ability to see who they really are and be able to enter into the corporate world with confidence. Well, I really like where you're going with this because it, I, it makes a lot of sense and it makes such a lot of sense in terms of, like you said, just laying that foundation for not just marriage and dating in the future, but even with their job. So this is a great topic. We're about to take our first break, Lisa. So everyone, hang on. We are talking with Lisa Jander, and we're talking about dating. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll be right back. Thanks. Yeah, this is... Now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Lisa Jander, and she's the author of Daters Ed, and we are discussing dating. So, Lisa, it sounds really scary, right? I mean, all of this... um, all of these issues that could be out there when your teen starts dating. And even, you know, as an adult, when you start dating for whatever reason, um, it's a little scary out there. So where's the first place that you start? Like, where's the learner's permit part with your teen? How do you start talking to your teen about dating? And how do you keep them safe when they basically, you know, don't always listen to us, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
No, they certainly don't. <laughs> you know, the, it, the interesting thing is, if you think about how they learn to drive, you start, you start, you bring a, a baby home from the hospital in an infant carrier facing backwards. Eventually, they turn forwards. They're looking out the window. Then they're in a booster seat. Then they're in the seat next to you. All those years, they're picking up cues about road rage and putting on mascara while you're driving and texting and driving and singing to the radio and all of those social cues are going in and they're staying there and that's going to translate into their driving habits. It's no different with relationships. They're picking up cues from you and the world around you and figuring out how do I fit into this world. And the three key things that I talk to parents about and to teens and really anybody dating is the three keys for healthy relationships. And the same reason we put driver's ed in place is two very vital things. First is safety, and second is responsibility. We want mm-hmm. our kids to be responsible drivers and safe drivers. We want our kids to be responsible daters and safe daters. That's what it's all about. And so when you say that, so how do you start that conversation with them? And I know that you're talking about they sort of mimic you, but yet I know that, you know, a teen just doesn't understand the impact of social media or in some ways does, but doesn't understand how it's just, you know, whatever you put out on social media is there forever. And so how do you, how do you navigate them to, to have fun, not scare them to death, but on the other hand, make sure that they are safe and are responsible. What are what are some of the things you tell them to do? Well, and that's such a great question because really uh, what's happened is we are the first and only generation that raised were raised without social media, and we are mm-hmm. raising our children with social media. So right there we have a disadvantage. Unless we're right. engaged in the process, then and really understand where they're going. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't drive a kid, a six year old, to the park and drop them off and come back later and pick them up. No, you go with them and you want to make sure they stay safe. It's the same thing with Facebook and Twitter and Vine and Instagram and all these social media sites. The parents need to take responsibility and understand where they're letting their kids go and letting their kids hang out. That's one thing. And the second thing that I think is really important is that. When I interview parents and teens and really anybody dating, they seem to have extremely loose boundary lines. They really mm-hmm. don't understand what their boundaries are and haven't really thought them through. So an example would be when you're driving down the middle of the road, there's a solid yellow line. And it doesn't discriminate about who you are or how old you are or anything else. It's basically saying if you cross this line, you are in danger. It is not safe. So what I find is, and I I tease kids because I say your boundary lines aren't in permanent paint, they're in sidewalk chalk. And they can just be washed away at any minute. And it's really important with kids to define what are your physical, emotional, financial, mental, spiritual boundary lines and how do you make sure you stay within those lines to be safe. And so when you talk to them about boundaries, because I think that's really great because you're right. I don't think that's just kids, right? I think, I think everyone can have one time or another problem with boundaries. And it can be one thing, like you said, you know, you have these boundaries and chalk. So how do you solidify those boundaries to make sure that when your child isn't getting all this pressure from other kids, 
that they stick within their boundaries. How do you kind of get buy-in from them on that? Well, and and that's a critical point because when a, when a child is four years old, you say, tie your shoe. You give them a command that's something they have to do, and they do it. It's not appropriate to give them a command when they're 14. We have to transition to help them begin to think for themselves and take ownership of their statements, their decisions, their actions. And unfortunately, a lot of parents don't transition. They keep telling, 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 and then they send their kid off to college or off into the workplace. And this child now has nobody telling them what to do, and it's a disaster. So it's really important to transition and ask kids, you know, what is it, what would you do in this situation? Role play with them. Just talk about different scenarios. And there's plenty on the news, in the communities. Give a situation and say, what would you do in in this situation? And here's an example. Uh, My daughter, when she was 14 years old, was at a girl's birthday party at the girl's house. And during the party, the youngest son of that family, and I know the family very well, the youngest son got hit in the face with a baseball and had to be taken to the emergency room. The parents panicked. They called the older brother that's 18 and said, hey, can you come over and watch the girls? We can't. We don't have time to call everybody. Can you come over and watch the girls? We're going to the hospital with the younger boy. Well, guess what? The 18-year-old boy comes over with all his friends bringing a case of beer and some other things. I mean, why not? Here's all these unsuspecting 14-year-olds. So in that situation, what are you going to do? Talk through these situations. Um, Find out where they are in their maturity level and their responsibility level. I find that one of three things happens. When they get in a stressful situation, flight, fight, or freeze. We know those are the three stress responses. Most kids freeze. They have no idea that they need to run away from a situation or to fight a situation. They just freeze. So it's really important to talk through these scenarios and see where they're at, see where their their maturity level is. I like that. I like Right, the fight. Yeah, fight I was going to say that yeah. applies even in the workplace. Yes, it Most applies to all freeze. of us. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. Um, and I like I like what you were saying about you know role play with them, or even when you see something on the news, what would you do in this situation? Because then you you have the time to talk it through. There's nothing pressing happening. There's no pressure on them right now. You can just talk it through to say here's what I think you should do. And here would be the smart thing to do to keep you safe because you're right. I mean, when you get in that social situation, when you're a kid, I mean, I remember when we were young, I mean, did your parents ever talk to you about anything? No, no, mine either. And so I mean, you would get in this situation and you would just do what everyone else was doing, which wasn't always the smartest move. So by having these open dialogues, I think that, that really makes a huge difference. And like you were saying, Lisa, earlier, is that it can then help these kids with their self-esteem going forward because they know how to handle themselves in situations. Or they know, even if it's a different situation, that there's different ways to react. They have options. And I think that's what's so key is giving them, giving them, empowering them and empowering their options. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and you know what? And, and you're absolutely right, Eva, when they get into the, the workplace, as an example, um, you know, kids think about teen dating, violence, and abuse, or bullying, and they don't necessarily translate that into, this might happen on the job. So what is mm-hmm. bullying in a corporate environment? What is bullying um, out in the workforce? So understanding how, where... Where you will say that's enough. I'm not taking this anymore. It's it's belittling or it's badgering. Uh, a lot of d- digital bullying is going on now. You know, y- your boss will send you an email that is just stating how bad you are and what a horrible person you are. And you know, there's this anonymity behind text messaging and emails where you don't have to stand face to face and look somebody in the eye and have a conversation. And it's really easy to fall into the trap of not going to that place and, and sitting down and having a face-to-face conversation. And so then if they learn that in the workplace, well, you just bash each other by email or if you're upset about something, you send an email or you send a text message. And then now they get married and now they have no idea to handle conflict within a marriage. So it's really important to start these social skills at a very young age and really continue to reinforce them. Yeah, I think that's terrific because the people that you date and the people that you marry, I mean, everyone's working, right? So it's if you're dating an abuser, that abuser has a job typically. And so and and that type of behavior isn't going to suddenly change when that person gets into the workplace. They might be better at covering it. But that that underlying way of dealing is still there. And so I think this is I think this is a great manual for everyone to read around how to how to just deal with conflict and how to deal with people. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thanks. You know, just listening here. Yeah. I still don't know how to date. Right. <laughs> um, no, but I think, Lisa, what you're doing is so very much needed, mm-hmm. almost as a requirement. And um, we have about a minute, and we'll talk more when we come back from the break, because I see many different areas that I'd like to discuss, like almost the go-between with the parents. And it's not only about dating, which it is, but it's also about managing the finances and and communicating all of that stuff, right? It's all aspects of life almost. Well, and it's terrific because then it it empowers yeah, people. Yeah. I mean, they don't need you there all the time. You've done your job. You've given them power yeah. to go about their lives. Um, okay, so uh, we have a lot of questions pending. We do. Um, we're just kind of getting into what Lisa does, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. right? Um, her contact information is teendatinglicense.com mm-hmm. and her contact number. Lisa, can we share that again? Sure. It's 951-285-5566. And I say that because um, here's a coach. Mm-hmm. Here's, a, here's a coach out there waiting to serve and help, and I, I really think the phone should be ringing off the hook. Um, so we, we have a lot more to talk about. Stay with us, please. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie, Eva, and special guest Lisa Janda, the teen dating mechanic, and we will be right back.
Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Okay, welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our special guest, Lisa Janda, and we're talking teen dating and dating in general. Um, Lisa is the teen dating mechanic. Um, and Lisa, the more I listen, the more serious I see this um, void that you're filling, right? Yeah, it's huge. It really is incredible. Yeah. Um, so we were hearing before the break about, you know, how you would maybe help manage risk in a, in a relationship or in a dating uh, scenario and all of the different ways. Um, but even at a higher level, can you just tell us basically about the different services that you provide? Because, you know, I know you have a book. I know you have the website. I know you do coaching and I know you do speaking. So maybe you can just run that by us a little bit. Uh, well, yeah, thank you, Charlie. I, I do pretty much anything that has to do with relationships. And one of the areas that I've really recently um, gotten into, which was kind of um, a fluke, but I've had so many schools contact me and say, we're really missing the boat here. We're sending our kids off with a 4.0 grade average or a really good, you know, really good students on a roll, all of this, but they have no social and interpersonal skills. So I've actually converted my entire curriculum into modules for schools. So they can choose the ones that are really, there's 18 modules, so they can choose the modules that that are important. I have one for churches. I have one for youth coalitions. So it's really reaching the mass of teens. Um, that's really critical. And I also do lots of parenting workshops to help parents transition. That, I think, is one of the biggest things that I'm seeing where we're really kind of, as a culture, we we think about, okay, if my child needs wants to take piano, I'm going to hire a third-party educator, a piano teacher to teach her. I'm not going to take that on myself. Same thing with soccer. Same thing with math. We, we are very accustomed to having a third-party educator in many areas of life. But, boy, when it comes to dating or relationships, parents say, I got this. They yeah. think they, they're able to translate everything, and unfortunately, the culture and social media is doing a much bigger, much better job of managing to really change the, the thought process for these kids. And so getting parents to really embrace the thought of, gosh, you know, maybe I could go through a curriculum with my own kid and have it be a third-party educator that's the one that's saying, this is what you need to do. So it's not the parent that's getting the eye rolling and the foot stomping. You know, if we took away driver's ed tomorrow and said, you know, we don't need that. We, what, why do we need driver's ed? If they're 12 years old and they feel like driving a car, just give them the keys. They'll be fine. That's how we look at dating in our culture, and it's so scary. Yeah. Um, God, I'm, I, I have so many questions, but um, let me start by so – what would the path be to get to you being a coach? Would would it be through a workshop in the school, which would be a take-home flyer to the parents, which would be a contact by the parents, or would it be maybe the teens directly? Is that how usually does it work? You know, um, I wish I could say there's a typical way to go, but 
honestly, if I'm in a school and I'm doing a, a pep assembly for the teens, they're getting all excited and they're going home and telling their parents, their parents are calling me. Or if I do a workshop for parents, they sign their kids up, the kids don't want to take the class, but then once they get into it, they really like it. So there's a variety of ways, but I think the two places that people can start practically, whether they do my program or choose another program, two things that are really critical with anybody any age that is in the dating world is number one, define dating. What does it mean to you? Why are you actively pursuing dating? Is there an end game, an end goal for it? What is it about dating that is compelling? Because, it, boy, the lines are so blurred now. One person might say, you know, I'm dating him, and the guy, you ask the guy, and he says, I'm not dating her. So it's really critical to define dating. And then the other thing that I've done on my website, and for your listeners, if they want to go on, it, it only takes about three minutes, maybe even on the next break. It's the teendatinglicense.com website. There's a free quiz that you take, and it's the top ten categories of questions that you really should be thinking about if you want to go into the dating world. And it's great for parents to take it with their teen in mind, and then the teen takes it. So as an example, the teen might score themselves, oh, I got an 86. Well, the parent takes it and says, well, according to us, you got a 32. Now we're going to have a conversation and really look at the questions. So it's, it's really flushing out all the, all the areas that become problem areas unless they're addressed up front. Yeah, that's, that's really cool because you have to absolutely weigh the balance between the teen and the parent. Mm-hmm. And you want to show them their gap, right? Right. Through the right. quiz, so yeah. they know they need That's to have true. a conversation. So you know, our audience, I think, should immediately go out and uh, and look at this because mm-hmm. um, I think tomorrow they'll they'll have they'll be more comfortable knowing they have a plan in place right. to help. Right. Not that there's an issue, but you want to provide anyone that is dating with the proper tools. And, yeah, and you, know, you know, it's, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Eva. No, you go, you go ahead, Lisa, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say recently I was coaching a mom and she just uh, got into the program. It's the online curriculum that she and her son are doing. And her son is 14 years old. And she called me and she said, I got to tell you, this is making him really, really uncomfortable. And I said, okay. And she said, I'm so glad because it should. <laughs> And I thought that was a really interesting response that that she said she saw how agitated he was mm-hmm. and he didn't want to go there. But because it's a third-party educator, it's not mom sitting down across from her son saying, this is what you need to know. It's a, it's a course that you take. So it kind of makes the parent relax a little bit because they're not the one having to say all the hard stuff. Right. And that's how you would approach a workshop, I guess, in that in that uh, forum where you would explain that to the students directly? Yes. And they have lots of questions. And, of course, they get silly and they say silly things, and they're going to make fun of virtually everything. But the bottom line is we are, you know, we're very accustomed now to driver's ed. Nobody thinks about it. When the kids turn 15, they say, can I get my permit? They have to drive. They know they're still they still don't want to. They don't want to sit with their parents in the car. They'd much rather do it themselves. But we all know their brains are not fully developed till the age of 25. So that's why we have to be in the car with them, to help them 
navigate the the treacherous you know, uh, and emergencies and dangers of driving. It's no different with dating. Yeah. It's just as scary. Um, I'm learning that today, and I absolutely agree that there's no difference. Uh, I get it. You know, when I took driver's ed, I remember one thing that intimidated me a little bit, Lisa, was the defensive driving techniques. And I always got a little intimidated about that. And I'm not sure if it's to the same point of there's no difference, but um, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Defensive dating is equally <laughs> as important, and it's, it's very awkward for teens to be able to say no, to be able to recognize danger, to be able to get away from danger. Um, and, you know, a lot of people maybe would disagree with this, I think the more you practice anything, the better you get at it. And I'm not saying go take your 11-year-old out and teach him how to date. What I'm saying is you can use the friends and the situations all around you to make them teachable moments to say, okay, look at that. Look what just happened in that exchange between that man and the woman that were arguing in the grocery store. If you were her, what would you have done? So to, to tap into these teachable moments and... Let them say out loud what they would do, not tell them. And that's the problem is parents are telling, they're not asking. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, you're absolutely right around the telling and not asking. And, you know, having all these different skills, especially young women when they go to college, I remember going to college and there would be not only the college boys would be there, but then there would also be the ones that had graduated. And they would be coming back. And how do you navigate that, right? Because if they, if, if a guy that's already graduated starts showing you interest, you know, as a young woman, sometimes we thought, well, that was kind of cool, right? But you knew that there was maybe a little bit of danger there, but no one had spoken to us about how do you handle that? What do you do? Is it okay? Is it not okay? What are my boundaries? And so all of that speaks to this. How do not get yourself into a dangerous situation. You know, what is okay and what's not okay? And when do you say something and when do you report it? I don't think that those lines are clear. And I think it makes a lot of sense to um, lay that out and lay those out early because, Lisa, you're so right. When you get into the workplace or when you start dating even after college, it's all still there. All those dynamics are still there. Yeah. Yep. Right, and nobody's telling you how to react or protecting you. You're, you have to act on right. your own. And wisdom and discernment do not always come easily with people. So, you know, I coach people that are divorced after, you know, 22 years of marriage, and they go out and they act like teenagers in the dating mm-hmm. world. And, you know, um, it, it's not any safer when you're older. It's just as dangerous. So really being able to stop and think through things. And, you know, the unfortunate part about about falling in love is we, want, we all want to believe it's all about the feeling. But it really is a chemical reaction in the brain happening when we fall in love. And to stop and recognize that and to say, you know, you're falling head over heels. You know, there's, there's songs all over the place, addicted to love, talking about the <laughs> chemistry of love. And to really just continue to wrap logic around that and say things like, you know, I know that you really are fond of this guy, but how would you feel being married to somebody who's in the military? Or how would you feel if this person says they want to move back to Des Moines, Iowa, and you want to live in Los Angeles? Mm 
So yeah. is there is there a reason to pursue this relationship? And again, I'm not just talking about teens. I'm talking about anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing that I'm realizing is, you know, a lot of what we're talking about is defensive and what to be aware of and how to manage risk. It's also, I think, identifying if you're an aggressor and maybe you're maybe too, maybe yeah. you need to pull it back. So I, I would imagine that your coaching works on both ends of that, right, Lisa? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, Charlie, that I found, and it, it was somewhat disheartening in the beginning, but really has turned into a great um, opportunity to help parents. There are a lot of parents who, you know, they do a great job up until their kids are about 12 or 13 because they pretty much are compliant. Kids are compliant maybe up till that age. And then all of a sudden the kids get a little bit rebellious, are pushing back, yeah. wanting yeah. to assert some independence. And now the parents don't know what to do, so they become bullied, yeah, and they, they become fight. inappropriate in their methods. And yeah. you know, and just as an example, here's here's a tip that I give parents. Can, uh, can we um, hold that for after our break because we're a little late sure. for our uh, next break? This is absolutely incredible conversation. This is corporate talk with Charlie and Eva and special guest Lisa Jan. To stay with us, we'll be right back. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Okay, guys, this is our final segment. Uh, we want to see how much we could stuff in the next 10 minutes because <laughs> we're getting a lot here and I'm really loving it. Uh, some housekeeping first. Lisa Janda, teen dating mechanic, www.teendatinglicense.com mm-hmm. and actual Phone contact number of 951-285-5566. So please, everyone, reach out. There's some real groundbreaking coaching available. Um, so, Lisa, before the break, we were talking about as a teen gets rebellious and then uh, the parent is not used to how to deal with that and they end up, uh, I don't want to make maybe summarize too much, but fighting fire with fire, which never really helps, right? Right, right. Yeah, you know, and and unfortunately, their intentions are good. They love their children. I don't doubt that. It's just I think they get thrown into a situation where they, they, you know, parents have never been trained. They don't know what to do. Every, Every child is a new experience. So one of the things I do, and it's a great example for kids because wrapping logic and patience around, you know, really volatile situations, and it works well in the workplace as well. So how do you not flip out every time something bad happens? So given a situation, and let's say, um, you know, your teen is being rebellious and they don't make curfew. One of the rules that I had in my home that worked really well is whatever the age of the child, that's how many days I get to administer a consequence. Hmm. What's great about that is you don't have to get angry right now. You don't have to think of something right now. The world doesn't work that way. There are consequences that don't happen sometimes for 15 years later. So teaching our kids and letting people understand that, you know what, what you just did was disobedience. I'm not, I'm not at all happy. You're 16 years old. You should know better. We already talked about this. 
I've got 16 days to calm down and decide what it is that I would like to, I think would be a fair consequence for these actions. And what what that does for the team, because if you say to a kid, listen, if you miss curfew, you're going to lose your cell phone for a day. Well, now they can decide, well, gosh, that's worth it. I'm going to stay out till 4 a.m. and have this awesome party, and I hand my parents my phone when I get home at 4 o'clock in the morning, and then I just borrow Chris's phone tomorrow, and then it's no big deal. So not understanding in advance and knowing in advance what consequences are and taking, diffusing the situation, taking the immediacy and the urgency out of it is sometimes super helpful for parents to be able to calm down. And it also works really well for bosses, for a boss to say, you know what, this is not acceptable behavior. I don't like it, but I'm not in a position right now or in a mind frame to be able to administer the disciplinary action I feel this needs, but I'll get back with you. Yeah, to be able yeah. to let some time pass is so important to calm down. Well, that's really good, except I would have to um, shorten that timeline with you, right? Because that would be a well, long, I'd have, long time. I'd have months. <laughs> <laughs> be yeah. A long time. Uh, no, I, I love, I love it. Make, um, I yeah, love maybe it. we can make it hours, not days, right? Oh, right. <laughs> there there you go. Um, so I, I want to try to touch on some yeah. of the other touch points while we still have the time. Yeah. Um, so... Lisa, looking at some of your bio and background, uh, some points that maybe you can help define, like replacing presence with a T with presence with a C-E. Mm-hmm. Does that make yes. sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, presence. We're giving our kids and, and anybody. I mean, we're a culture of things, of material things. So I'm dating you. I like you. I buy you flowers. I buy you a necklace. I buy you a wallet, whatever it is, we are a culture of material things. What I'm helping parents do is understand that time is what the teenager wants. It's not more stuff. Mm -hmm. And so as an example, for birthdays in our home, we don't give presents, E-N-T-S, as you said. We give presents, S-E-N-C-E. So... Presence meaning I will give you uh, concert tickets, but I'm going with you. Not just here are two tickets for you and your friends, but I want to go and spend time with you. We go rock climbing. We go sailing. We go bowling. Whatever it is, so that throughout the year, that child knows that they have time they can spend with you and they can look forward to that, not more stuff. Uh, interesting. And, and the reason why I zeroed in on that one is in our care seminar, mm-hmm. one of our modules is geared towards signature of presence with the CE. So that's where that perked my interest. And I loved creating that presence between a parent and a child, a teen and a parent. Well, you know, right. and I was just thinking about that too, right? Because it's really good to then incorporate that into your marriage and to show your kids that, you know, because sometimes they'll have people that will say, Oh, okay, I screwed up at home, so I'll buy her something. Well, that's not really the point. It's not about buying her something. It's about being there for her or and, him or him and talking about it, right? I mean, so I think right. that would be a really good example just where the parents between themselves yeah. set that example. Yeah. 
as to what's yeah. the right way to interact. Right. And you're absolutely right because parents, for them to say, you know, do as I do, not as, or do as I say, not as I do, which is what I was raised with. No, right. they want to see, exactly. you know, my husband and I have date night every Friday night. The kids know it. That's our time together. Don't interrupt that time. It's important for us to reconnect every week in that way. We want to spend time together doing different things. And so that models for the kids, hey, this is a valuable thing. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to cost a dime. It can be a walk. It can be just about anything. But but to know that I am willing to give up a part of my day, you know, whether it be an hour, 15 minutes, anything, that was so important to my kids. They didn't want me to just hand them something. Sure, they like the stuff, but really it's the value in spending time with someone. Um, Lisa, this, it's been great. And right? it really yeah. has. Um, uh, um, we did the right thing, right? <laughs> Meeting Lisa. I'm, I'm really charged about this. But uh, what I want to ask just before we go is the services and products are all available on your website, right? Yes, they are. TeenDatingLicense.com. And I, I recommend that we people we all go there to learn what's there and take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, any final words to Lisa? No, I just wanted to say, Lisa, thank you so much because um, when we were first looking at this around team dating, team dating is so important. But I love how you then incorporated it into just showing how the way you date. When you're young is how you date. When you're older, it's how you interact at work. It's how you interact in your marriage. So it just shows how crucially important what you um, coach and teach is to everyone. So thank you for that. Yes. Um, well, thank and, you both so much for having me on. Well, great call, by the way, in uh, using the driver's ed analogy. Yeah, wow. it was great. Because it, uh, it really relates because – Teens usually do that, right? It's really cool. Anyway, so, yeah, we would love to have you back, Lisa. Great job. Great work. Good luck. And uh, we hope you help us all because we need you, right? Well, thank you so much. Thank you, both of you. Okay. Take care. Okay. You Uh, too. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, Lisa Janda, everyone, teen dating mechanic, uh, teendatinglicense.com. I... And I just want to invite everyone that any if you miss any of our shows, the replays are always available on TalkZone.com. We're under the business channel. We're Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And it has been a great show. And thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be here next week at the same time. Yep. And uh, what we learned, it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. Have a great week. Anyway, thanks, guys. See you next week. Kim Baker. Yes. Okay. Take care.